Welcome back to the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lovell, back here with uh, thoughts on the current happenings in wrestling. And there are quite a few of them right now as uh, we are officially on the road to WrestleMania in WWE. And uh, that includes the fallout from Elimination Chamber and more Cody Rhodes talk because uh, still, I think a lot of people waiting for him to pop up in WWE. Will it happen? When will it happen? Uh, we'll discuss that a bit as well. But let's talk first uh, about the fallout from Elimination Chamber, uh, which uh, took place, uh, of course, last weekend uh, in Saudi Arabia, which uh, I don't think involved many surprises at all when you look back at, at what took place uh, and really the direction now that things start to head in towards WrestleMania. I think when you combine the two together, a lot of things that they did at Elimination Chamber makes complete sense, and we've started to see that play out here uh, moving forward. Uh, going back to it, we're not going to go through this match by match. You guys by now already know what happened, but let, let's talk about the biggest sort of takeaways and, and really what happened uh, at Elimination Chamber and, and the ones that have the most consequences here moving forward. The biggest one, uh, as we all know, is Brock Lesnar winning the WWE Championship inside the Elimination Chamber. Um, did it without beating the former champion, Bobby Lashley, who at this point, seems to, and perhaps by the time you're listening to this, I know Bobby Lashley uh, visited um, with uh, Dr. James Andrews, which we, you know, if you've watched wrestling for a long time, you know that's a name you don't want to hear because that means that someone likely has a pretty serious injury. And, of course, the reports came out that Lashley could be dealing with a shoulder issue that could require surgery. Certainly that would keep him out of WrestleMania. Uh, so Lesnar wins the championship without Lashley being involved at all based on them taking him out of the chamber the way they did with the spot um, breaking through uh, the, the chamber and all of that. So Lashley's out of the picture, and it was clear once that happened. I think anyone that was expecting anyone other than Brock Lesnar uh, was probably not necessarily paying attention to what had been going on because everything has sort of been built towards the direction of Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns title for title we knew we were going to get Lesnar versus Reigns at WrestleMania. Uh, we've known this for a couple months now, but it was just a matter of time once you realized they were going to go this direction. And really, once they announced that Lesnar was going to be inside the chamber, you knew that that was likely the direction they're going in because they're not going to have him lose. Otherwise, why even put him in the match? And so, I mean, how he won the match, that is, uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty of discussion on that in terms of you know, Brock comes in and basically destroys everyone. Um, Austin Theory gets the spot at the end where he just happens to, to be the last person left. But Brock pretty much takes care of business, and um, they, they did it in dominant fashion. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, if you're a Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Riddle fan, uh, may, may not have been the most exciting way to see them eliminated. But um, this is all about Brock, and, and they've made that clear for a long time now that this is just this is about getting the Brock and Roman and, if you want to have the biggest match possible to sell the most tickets, Brock and Roman is one thing. Uh, as we've talked about before, it's it's a rematch, so you have to do it a different way this time, and and it's flipped where you know Roman's the heel, Brock's the babyface. But if you're going to sell it and want to sell more tickets, you you certainly want to raise the stakes, and they've done that here, title for title, and we'll see what comes of it. Um, but. I, again, I'm not surprised at all. As I, th I think we had, you know, we talked about and, and everything we kind of had on the side. It just, it was pretty obvious that once Brock was inserted into the match, he was going to win. And and now, this is the direction they've chosen. And with Lashley out, perhaps for WrestleMania, in hindsight, maybe that was the one they felt was the, the best to go with. And 
Otherwise, you know, does that change anything? Is Lashley the, the WWE champion and they just simply go with Brock versus Roman? Who knows? But um, this is the, the route they're going. And as for everyone else involved in the chamber match, uh, it'll be interesting to see what's next for them. We'll talk about uh, one particular direction, perhaps, uh, here in just a minute. But, uh, yeah, it was it was all about Brock, and, and that was just the, the route they chose to go in. And I can understand people um, wondering if, if that was the best route long-term. But short-term, they want to build up everything for WrestleMania, and that's exactly what they did uh, by having Brock pretty much um, destroy everyone and look like an absolute monster. Brock is impressive. I mean, I, I understand sort of the the issues everyone has with just WWE always turning back to Brock. I mean, Brock is Vince's guy. They will turn back to him in these kind of times. But Brock still, in this particular iteration, I think is very impressive. I mean, he's just, Brock is unlike anyone else we've seen uh, in WWE history, probably, just in terms of uh, all the, the different tools he has and, and all of that. But um, when Brock wants to be great, he can he can still be pretty great. And I thought at least just the way he ran through everyone, if, if you're looking at it just from the character standpoint and from WWE standpoint, not to say that you think it's the right move or the wrong move, but if you just look at it from how they presented it, how, do you, how are you not impressed with Brock Lesnar and the way, um, you know, he can kind of captivate an audience just with his, um, you know, his, his power and strength and, and everything he does and the, the realness of what he can do in the ring. But also, I think, just in this character itself, uh, playing more of a more of a loose, you know, type character that, that is more uh, likable, I think, than, than certainly characters in the past he's played that were not meant to be likable. So um, that that's where things stand with Brock and We'll talk more about that match as we get closer to it. Uh, Brock versus Roman will be the headliner for WrestleMania 38. Uh, elsewhere on the elimination card, I mean, Roman Reigns defeating Goldberg, no surprise there. I don't think anyone had any thought that um, this was going to be a title change. Goldberg was just back for, you know, I mean, let's face it, he was back for a huge payday in this one. And, um, you know, it was Saudi Arabia, and we know that they have stacked these cards over the years, and this was just you know kind of your your place to put this match, knowing that you probably were not going to revisit it again, and if you wanted to do it, this was the time to do it, and uh, that was exactly what it should have been. Short match, Reigns wins, nothing more to it than that. Um, the women's elimination chamber, another one that felt pretty predictable going in, uh, and that was Bianca Belair coming out victorious over uh, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Dewdrop, Nikki A.S.H., and Alexa Bliss. Uh, I think, you know, we all anticipated the eventual rematch uh, with Bianca and Becky. Uh, I don't know everyone who's listened to this podcast regularly knows my thoughts on how everything went down with, with Becky and Bianca at, at SummerSlam last year. Uh, just I, I thought it was just a complete a, a bad idea uh, from the start, and I think the follow-up was not much better. It didn't do anything for either one of them. Uh, and now... They have a chance to correct that by, I think, you know, making this what it needs to be at WrestleMania. And you know exactly what I'm saying. I mean, this is one where Bianca, I think, has to win this match. If this is going to be any sort of uh, scenario where that was worth anything to do the 26-second squash or whatever it was at SummerSlam, if it's going to mean anything, Bianca winning Elimination Chamber, beating Becky at WrestleMania, that's the traditional path you would take here unless they decide to go, you know, swerve you or do a, a different direction. But but I think that's where we're headed with all this. And that's why it was pretty obvious where they were going to go here because 
Liv had had her shot. Dewdrops had her shot. Um, it wasn't going to be Nikki A.S.H. You could have made a point, a case perhaps for Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch, or if they really wanted to go, you know, another direction with this Alexa Bliss character, that would have been it. But storyline-wise, the only choice was Bianca Belair. So they got that right here. I thought that you know this was a match that was really all about Bianca and showcasing her talents. Rhea Ripley was impressive while she was in there. Um, Alexa's character still a lot to be to be seen moving forward I think where they're going to go with this um but you know they clearly want to put her in a position to, to succeed and we're you know we'll talk about the Wrestlemania card in a second but where things go for here from her I think it's at least interesting to just kind of figure out um to see what they do with her but um yeah that was another very predictable finish I think inside the elimination chamber elsewhere not a lot of notes um you know worth noting here I, I think the the Rousey Charlotte uh, interaction in the tag match was something I thought. I thought Naomi was impressive in the tag match with her teaming with Rousey against Flair and Sonya. Um, you know, the, the match was what it was. You, you knew again. This was another one. You knew the finish of this match was going to be Rousey defeating Deville in some way, shape, or form. It's what happened here, and um, so yeah, that was that. You knew Drew McIntyre was going to defeat Madcap Moss. Uh, really good match, though. I, I think you know Madcap Moss is kind of someone that's grown on me a bit. Um, I know the, the the one spot we're going to be talking about coming out of this match is just the fact that this guy could even move after basically just planting himself right on his head on the ring. That was a, a very scary spot. Uh, but as as far as we know, based on reports, he's okay. Uh, but I think Madcap Moss is one of those guys that <laughs> the character, the name, uh, is gonna he's gonna have an issue getting over. I think with that, but you can see the potential with this guy. Even someone like Paul Heyman, who is. You know, in the interview rounds he's done before, has talked about how Madcap Moss he thinks is just a a future main eventer without question. So it's just he's got to get away from this character <laughs> to be able to do that. He's not going to be a, a WrestleMania main eventer as Madcap Moss. I think we all understand that. Uh, but we'll talk about Drew in a minute. I, I'm I'm a little concerned for 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 Drew uh, here based in this feud, but we'll talk about it uh, here shortly. Uh, Becky and Lita I thought was better than maybe expected. I'm not saying it was perfect, but. It, it exceeded my expectations because I, I just, you don't know what you're going to get from Lita. I mean, she's been away from the ring for a while. Yes, she's come back for the Rumble matches, but um, you just, you never know, right? Like, this is someone who still has not regularly been a wrestler in a long time. And yet, I thought it was, the crowd was really into it. I mean, you even seen the WWE, I don't know if that was impromptu or I think they would have had to just go with it on the fly and say, hey, look how much the crowd has responded to Lita here. And, you know, they're doing all this, this clapping and celebrating even though she loses, and so they, they give her kind of that moment in the ring after the match. So my guess is, and of course I don't I don't know this, but my guess is they will find something for Lita to do in the future, and, and maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe they find something at WrestleMania. I'm not sure, but um, I think you can at least see that Lita is someone that has, she can still go in some of these matches. Um, again, I'm, I'm not saying it was perfect, and this is not going to be a five-star classic in anyone's mind, but it was it was much better than I thought it would be. Um, just based on, you know, not knowing what to expect from a, a fresh matchup like this where these two have not really, you know, had a match before um, and you've got someone who's, you know, been retired. It's just you never know what you're going to get out of that. But I thought it was good. And, um, you know, I think now it's – do they use Lita more – I think, I mean, again, if there are spots you can find her, good, good for her. But do they do it based on not wanting her to perhaps entertain another offer from AEW or something like that? That's what I find most intriguing in this scenario. So uh, we we will see on that. But um, everything else, like I said, I mean, this was this was a, a pay per view that went ex- excuse me a premium live event. Uh, we're not doing pay per views anymore. 
here, folks. Um, it went about as expected. Uh, so not a lot to take away from it. I thought it was, as usual, a solid show. Um, I don't think it was a, a great show. It was it was a predictable show, but it was one that at least points you in the direction of, of where you want to go for WrestleMania. And that's now a good way to transition into looking at WrestleMania 38. Still a long way to go before we get there, but the card starting to take shape, and it does coming, you know, it's to take shape coming out of Elimination Chamber. And as of right now, as things stand, um, we have officially announced that it is Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, uh, champion versus champion here. And um, so that's obviously the headliner. I'm, certainly that's going to be night two, uh, the main event of night two. Main event of night one at this point seems to probably be Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. I suppose there's a chance you could turn that around if you have one of these spectacle matches like a Steve Austin return or something like that. But uh, I think it's, you know, as of now, as of what we know, it's Charlotte versus Ronda is probably going to be the main event of night one. You've also got Becky versus Bianca uh, for the Raw Women's Championship. Those are your three title matches announced now. And the tag team match, Dominic and Ray Mysterio against uh, The Miz and Logan Paul. That is another one of your, I think, you know, just sort of let's get a celebrity, let's get some attention mainstream-wise. Biggest show of the year. So they bring back Logan Paul. He had teased, you know, The Miz had teased a partner. And the reports came out it's going to be Logan Paul. Sure enough, we find out on a Raw that is who it's going to be. So I don't, you know, that match is going to be what it is. Uh, I think Logan Paul topping what Bad Bunny did last year going to be very difficult. I don't think that's going to happen. But um, Bad Bunny has put himself kind of in a, a standalone spot now in terms of uh, matches for, for celebrities. And then we also found out on Raw that um, WrestleMania will also feature an open challenge from Edge. And I assume we'll know who that's going to be beforehand. But... There's a couple different scenarios here. We will know beforehand, I think, if it's not Cody Rhodes, um, and that's where we we bring in Cody Rhodes into the conversation because clearly, and we, we talked about this on, on last week's podcast, Cody's headed to WWE. It's just a matter of when he gets there at this point. And I think you don't bring him in now if he's not going to have a big match at WrestleMania. And sure, it could be maybe Cody's the one they ultimately go with. Maybe they throw a couple red herrings here because they've really kind of pushed that it's going to be AJ Styles versus Edge. Um, I think that's still where they go. I just feel like it's, it makes too much sense not to do this match. These two guys have been pushing for this match now, uh, recently and longer than that, as we know. Um, I think that's the direction they'll go here. Edge versus AJ, that gives you another, you know, really good match on the card. And then I think you can do Cody versus, to me, someone who has nothing to do right now, and that is Seth Rollins. I mean, I think, you know, with the Owens stuff, you feel like Owens is probably going to break off if this rumor is true and you're going to have Steve Austin make his return and wrestle, I say that, you know, in quotes because I don't think we should be anticipating a 10-minute Kevin Owens-Steve Austin match. But if that is your anticipation, you've still got to have something for Rollins to do. And I think that's where perhaps you could bring Cody back, you can slide him in there, perhaps go Cody versus Rollins. But there's a lot of different options, I suppose, at this point. Um, but... That is where I think the edge open challenge, that's going to determine a lot for for several different people, right? And we're also factoring in if Bobby Lashley is out, which I think at this point it seems to be the case that that Lashley will not be wrestling at WrestleMania. That's where you have guys like that. You know, you've got Edge, you've got Styles, you've got Owens, um, you know, you've got Rollins. Those four guys have to have something to do. And I think we're, we're starting to understand the picture of what that's going to look like with Owens and Austin maybe 
Um, it's just even saying that out of my mouth right now is just insane. I'm like, really? Like Steve Austin's going to wrestle? Yes, it sounds like he, he may actually do that. I think they would have, there would have been a lot of denials at this point if this wasn't going to happen. I don't think you float this out there and just let it go this long without understanding that there's a real possibility this is going to take place. Um, and so then it, it comes down to, I think the easy way to pair it after that is Edge Styles. And then if you're going to bring in Cody, I don't know what the story is. If you do Cody and Rollins, uh, maybe there's something I'm just not remembering from maybe the last time these two interacted in WWE, but um, gosh, that feels like uh, forever ago. But I think that's probably the way to do it because you also understand, I mean, you, your main eventers on Raw too. You've still got Orton and Riddle. Uh, maybe they decide to go that route with a match with those two uh, because this has been, you know, as we know, a, a long time in the making uh, based on those two together. So maybe there, there's something there, but I mean, it's on on paper right now. If we're if we're adding in the Cody Rhodes aspect, if you assume you're going to get some of these other matches, um, you know, I think that it's this is actually a pretty good card on paper, and it has to be right because remember, they are trying to sell tickets, and they have to do this for these two nights. I mean, this is a huge stadium. AT and T Stadium is massive, and you're trying to sell what two hundred thousand tickets basically. Um, it's it's very difficult to, to do that unless you have a card that I think is stacked the way that it is here. And I mean, I assume also, I think you're going to get Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. I know that's wrestling-wise probably not uh, as appealing as some of the other matches, but WrestleMania is the attraction event. And, you know, it's clear. Like, these are, these are scenarios where you're building up attraction matches. And, and that's, for the most part, I mean, a, a lot of these are attraction matches. Um, and, and a lot of them I think are good, should be able to deliver. So it's just a matter of kind of what's your preferences on some of the stuff. But, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the card continues to kind of round out. And, and if these matches we think are going to happen again, certainly Austin, um, the more I think about it, I, I think if Austin does look, if Austin's on the card, I think you, you have to put that in one of the main event spots, right? Um, that's just, that's such a huge, massive moment. And and I'm not saying that in terms of the quality of the match, but it's, again, it's a spectacle. It's the attraction. I think while I see, I say that and I'm like, I still think they're probably going to lean towards doing, we know Reigns and Lesnar is going to be the main event of night too. That's, there's no question about that. I mean, I'd be shocked, right? If there's any other scenario, that's going to happen. Night one, I think is maybe more up in the air based on Austin's return. But I, I see, see, and we've talked about this before too. I think we talked about this maybe in the last podcast. If they put Flair and Rousey in the main event, I just, to me, this is one of those main events that the fans could turn on, knowing the type of fans that are going to be at WrestleMania. Um, I just, I worry about that a little bit uh, because I worry that maybe fans turn on this match, and I don't know if you want that in your main event spot. That's where you put Austin in that spot against Owens, even if it's not a perfect match. I mean, it is unlike anything else on this card, and I, that includes Reigns and Lesnar. I mean, it is just, it is the most unique thing you could do at WrestleMania 38 is to have a Steve Austin wrestling match um, to where, you know, now if it's going to be a 30-second ring the bell, Austin stuns Owens, and that's that, that I think is a little bit different. But still, that that I think the biggest question at this point. It's not of maybe, you know, some of this other stuff that we think is going to kind of round out the card, but it's... What what do they do if Austin does come back and have a match? Do they slot that in one of the main event spots? I think it's hard to keep it out of there. But but I also understand why you would want to have Flair and Rousey there. 
um, you know, just based on the initial perhaps booking behind everything. But we'll see. Uh, again, I, I think the card's filling out pretty well. Uh, the rest of the stuff, my guess is, will probably be made up of a lot of multi-person things. Um, you know, I think that's kind of what, what you expect at this point to try to get a lot of people on the card. Whether it's, you know, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, whether you have some, some multi-tag matches, women's matches, However, uh, I think that that's kind of what will happen with the rest of the card. But it it is one that, at least on paper, I, I will give Dota B credit. I know you know we we've talked about it before, and the weekly TV can be a grind sometimes. But at the same time, they're they're big cards, and this is their biggest card of the year, and maybe their biggest card to date, if you think about it. I mean, the Undertaker is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. This is this is a I mean, this is one of the biggest WrestleManias. I mean, they've they've done when you certainly think about it to this point. Um, you know, with everything that's involved, and again, assuming the possibility of a Steve Austin return match, the Undertaker's your Hall of Fame headliner, uh, you've got Reigns versus Lesnar, title for title, a lot of stakes there. There's a lot here, and you've got Cody's return <laughs> added in. Um, you just, I mean, at this point, you just assume Cody's going to wrestle at WrestleMania. Um, you know, he's, I guess the rumor was he was in Orlando recently, which that was one of the reports we talked about, could be at the Performance Center already ready to go, so... Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of intrigue around WrestleMania, and, and I think it's easy to to knock WWE for a lot of things they do sometimes, and especially when it comes to consistency. But I, I am at least intrigued and, and even somewhat excited about this card because I think there's a lot of things they can do with this. Um, you know, could you also have a a Bailey return, an Oscar return? You know, if you've got Sasha out there, what can Sasha do? Like, there's there's still a lot of stars that aren't even we haven't even factored into some of these matches yet, so. I think it's a it's a fun card to this point. Um, it's a fun card, card, I guess, overall, not just necessarily what's been announced. But um, when you look ahead and you start to look at the possibilities, I think it's an interesting card, and um, I think it's one that you know ultimately will, will there will be a lot of huge ramifications from this WrestleMania and coming out of it. So um, we'll see what happens with that. But um, now let's talk a little bit more about Cody because, as I said, I think the expectation at this point is that Cody is going to make his return to WWE. It's just a matter of when that's going to happen now. Um, and I think that, you know, it, it's, it's going to happen. Like, I think there are people that are still questioning, like, is this actually going to happen? Yes, like, it's it's going to happen. Um, Cody is going to, to wind up uh, wrestling for WWE at some point in the near future. And it's just a matter of what they decide to do with him. Uh, but, you know, a lot more stuff has come out on Cody in terms of kind of what led to the decision and you know we did talk about this last week on the podcast and thinking you know was this a money play was this more of a power play um what was really the main driving force of this split between cody and AEW? and you know there has been so much out there and you want to talk about a story that you can find a report on with ease if you go to our website 41mania.com and you type in cody Rhodes in the search results you can see all the different reports. You know, we have we have kind of put up on the sites from different places and outlets just about how this whole thing unfolded. And it is very fascinating. I mean, this is one of the biggest stories we've had in wrestling in a while, as we talked about last week, because of the uniqueness of it, of having one of the, the original, you know, AEW EVPs all of a sudden jump back to WWE. And there, there's just so many layers to this. Uh, and, you know, Tony Khan's commented on it at this point. Um, Tony Khan, you know, talked about how basically, hey, he, he didn't really 
want it to get to this point because, you know, that's never your expectation when you're going basically into business with, with someone like that, even though, you know, Cody's not someone that was had stock in AW or anything like this. But, like, these are people that initially agreed to to put this company together to basically go up against, you know, provide an alternative to WWE. And now one of those people that was highly involved in that process um, is going back to WWE again, reportedly, but it's going to happen. Um, and, and so I, I think that it's, you know, one of those things where I get it, you know, from Tony Khan's perspective and, and we talked about it. It's just, I, I think there were, had to be so many different things that went into this. Um, and, and here's what Tony Khan said. He said this on busted open radio. He said that, um, quote, I put out a statement that was from the heart and really positive, And I meant it. I wish them both really well, and I appreciate everything they did here and their different roles in the company. It's very sad. It's not something any of us wanted to happen. I believe that Cody has something else in the works, which we know what that means. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but we'll see. I'm sure they're going to have great opportunities in wrestling and life. You never know what's going to happen in the future. I wish them the best and very appreciative for everything they did here. So that's Tony Khan's comment, and that's what you would expect. I mean, I, you know, whether there was any bad blood backstage, I think we all want to believe that sometimes. No matter what the situation, we want to believe that there was just some, you know, this Hollywood-esque, um, you know, just sort of Game of Thrones-style um, machinations going on, right? Like, we, we want to believe that sometimes. And I don't know if we'll ever know, know the answer because I think there's always it's always two sides to the story, right? And I think that you will have be presented one thing and, and maybe the truth will somewhere always lie in the middle when it comes to things like this. Um, and so... I think this is kind of the most interesting part to me is when you look at that, you know, Kenny Omega's also sort of commented on it. And I know Omega sort of talked about the vision um, and, you know, based on the alignment of the vision and those kind of things, you know, was that, did Cody have that same alignment with, with what, you know, AEW had become basically, I guess that's probably the best way to put it because remember, I mean, AEW has changed. And I think that's something we have to keep in mind as well is this a company that's changed from where it was, because now you have brought in CM Punk, Brian Danielson, these other people we've talked about. It, it is a company that has changed based on where it started and where it is now. And that's, I think that could be a good thing. And, and maybe some people see it as a bad thing, but I mean, you're not going to say no to stars like Punk and Danielson and those guys, because they are going to raise your profile. It's just, what else can you do to keep raising that profile? And, um, you know, Kenny Omega had the, the interview with Wrestling Observer with Dave Meltzer and company. And, you know, he kind of talked about one of the things about um, one of the comments I thought was interesting was Omega said, uh, quote, I'm guessing that knowing Cody as well as I know him, I don't really think it was an issue of money. I don't think it was Tony not showing him enough cash to keep him invested in the company. Cody, he really believed in the vision and the original vision that he brought to the table for AEW. And maybe in the end, we had the Bucks in their vision. We had my vision. And then we had Cody's vision. And all of our visions were different from one another. So... I mean, and then Kenny goes on to say, and I would say mine was more similar to what the Bucks had envisioned and Cody's was out there. It was much different. So you can kind of see there. And, and I don't think if you listen to the interview, Omega's not saying this in a malicious way. He's just kind of basically pondering this whole situation. I think he's probably thinking out loud, too, and wondering, you know, how did this thing play out? And I think, you know, something else he went on to say was, quote, and it's very possible that this current version of AEW just wasn't a good fit for Cody, to Cody. And he says, you know, for me, I feel like he was one of the original four, and there's always going to be a place for him. Um, and so I I think it's one of those things where a company that sort of changes direction becomes something different. And again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it was, it is different now than perhaps what it was. And 
Something also people pointed out, you know, when you look at all the, I mean, we've talked about this, AEW's roster is absolutely loaded with talent, and it's loaded from a number standpoint. There's a lot of people on this card, and there are people that sometimes you see on the card for a couple weeks, and then you don't see them again for a month or two, uh, because there's just so many people that have to be filtered in and out, and um, it, I'm sure it's a challenge for Tony Khan, and, and with Cody, he was a regular, you know, you saw him a lot, but there are also times now where because they have so many different storylines and so many different programs you're trying to integrate into this this television program. Because remember, yes, like the YouTube stuff, we have to remember that's that's a smaller audience than what you're getting necessarily. Yes, views and those kind of things. You can go back and say, well, you know, AW Dark and Dark Elevation got hundreds of thousands of views, but it's a different sort of thing. You're not broadcasting this on national television the way you are, you know, your two hours of Dynamite and your one hour of Rampage. So your main stories are, are going to be in those three hours of weekly TV that you have. And that's where it becomes tough to get everyone in there. And I think, you know, eventually with Cody, it's like, well, if I'm not going to be working with Punk, if I'm not going to be working with Danielson, if I'm not going to be with Hangman, and we don't know, maybe these were scenarios we're going to have eventually, but, you know, is that, is those spot, are those spots going to be there? Because it's clear what the top programs are right now. Yes, you still had kind of that, the thread that continued to weave and weave and weave with Cody's character and you never really know which direction is going to go in and, and how much input, you know, of that, how much of that was Cody, how much was that of Tony Khan? Um, I think th- those are the kind of things that I find fascinating in terms of how it led to this point. Uh, but as I said in the last podcast, I think there is just a possibility where maybe money was a factor. Maybe he didn't get the deal he wanted, but I also think there is a scenario where Cody possibly just looks up and says, man, like I have just, you know, I've felt, I feel like maybe I should be in a bigger spot than I am right now, or something should be different about where the company is or the vision for the company. Just like we just talked about with Omega and what his comments, um, a lot of things could play out, but remember one thing above all, this is all speculation because I don't think any of us know the exact answer. And, um, I'm sure there will come a point where we do find out some of the answers. I don't think we'll ever find out all of them, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, uh, fascinating situation. And again, the fact is, uh, we are going to see Cody Rhodes in a, or in WWE. Um, it seems like 99.9% chance that it's happening. And, um, yeah, as for what led to it, I think we know how this works in the podcast space, right? Like these interviews are going to happen and, um, details are going to be discussed and how many of those details come out. Perhaps we'll, we'll see. Uh, I don't think all of them will, like I mentioned, but I think there will be, from Cody's perspective, once we once either he appears in WWE, um, you know, if he starts doing some of the interview stuff, I, I'm not sure. But we, we will learn more about this and maybe what led to this decision. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see with it. But uh, for now, this is what we know. And, again, to me, it's all leading to Cody returning to WWE and uh, how he makes his debut there. We talked about it on last week's podcast. How will Vince McMahon use him? I think he'll use him very strong, at least initially, because of the MJFs and the Wardlows and the guys whose contracts are going to be expiring in AEW. And um, you, you want to at least send a message that, hey, we're not the big bad wolf. Um, we, we can we can use people the right way if we want to use them the right way. And um, whether that has any impact on MJF or Wardlow in the future, guys like that that want to jump from AWWE. We'll see, but um, yeah, it's a very, very interesting time, both, I think, for WWE and for AEW, which um, we talk about WrestleMania, but before we get to WrestleMania, uh, we will have AEW Revolution, which uh, will take place here, um, you know, not too far away now from from Revolution, and 
I think that, you know, we're, what, basically two weeks away at this point, I guess. Um, that's a card that's also shaping up uh, in a very interesting way, and uh, we'll see kind of what you get from that. Of course, you're going to have Hangman Page versus Adam Cole for the AW title. Um, it's going to be Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, uh, we know as well. That's another one that's going to be very exciting. Punk and MJF in the dog collar match. Um, it's going to be the three-way tag team match for the AW World t- Tag Team titles. We don't know the the opponents yet. You're listening to this on Wednesday you will start to get a clear picture of that on uh, Dynamite and uh, moving forward after that. Uh, and then, of course, the face of the Revolution ladder match, which already involves uh, three houses, powerhouse, one of them indeed, uh, powerhouse Hobbs, Keith Lee, and Wardlow. So the big man ladder match is taking shape here. Uh, we'll see who else gets added to the mix there. But uh, there are some thoughts on uh, the, again, uh, hot topics in the world of wrestling right now. There's a lot of them. Um, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, this is, I think this is one of the most interesting times we've had in wrestling in, in quite a while, just because of all the different dynamics in play, WrestleMania around the corner, um, the Cody Rhodes stuff, uh, state of AEW, there's just, there's so much happening. Steve Austin, as we said, maybe the rock too. Uh, I think we may have talked about this last week, but the rock kind of teased recently as well, uh, on Twitter that, uh, he could be making his return soon. Will the rock show up at WrestleMania 38, perhaps to start, that build towards WrestleMania 39 with Roman Reigns, which I think is going to absolutely happen, uh, barring any um, you know conflicts in scheduling, which you never know with The Rock. He's got a busy schedule. But um, we will certainly have it covered, all of these developments, uh, over at 41mania.com. Be sure to check out uh, everything we got going on over there. Of course, our news, um, our columns, reviews, they're all there. Uh, so check everything out, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. Search for 401 on Wrestling, and uh, as always, we have a link to the GoFundMe for Larry Zonka's family in the show notes. Be sure to continue to share and contribute to that if you can, and uh, everything else, 401mania.com. Hopefully, as I've done here now for at least a a week or two, uh, I'll be a little more consistent on our podcast here moving forward. Uh, We'll try to do these uh, weekly and also uh, try to do more of the, um, you know, one-off sort of reviews on, on anything big happening, big, huge stories, uh, breaking stories, those kind of things. We'll have some guests back on uh, as well, and we'll look at some of these uh, big shows we've got coming up, as we said. Revolution, Around the Corner, then WrestleMania uh, coming up sooner than you think. It's almost here, WrestleMania 38. Uh, so it should be a, a fun couple months here uh, in the world of wrestling. So, uh, again, everything else, 411mania.com, and uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast, and we'll talk to you next time here on the 411 on Wrestling Podcast.